Welcome to Get Paid for Your Pad, the definitive show on Airbnb hosting, featuring the best advice on how to maximize profits from your Airbnb listing, as well as real-life experiences from Airbnb hosts all over the world. Welcome. We are your hosts, Joseva Kapadia and Jasper Rivers. Get paid for your pad. 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 Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Get Paid for Your Pad. I'm your host, Jasper Rivers, and today I want to talk about the five most common mistakes that Airbnb hosts make. And the reason why I came up with this is I often look at other listings to kind of see like what people what people are doing and, and how they can improve. And uh, I've uh, so I went through a bunch of listings, and I noticed that a lot of people can um, can improve their their Airbnb listing. So I made an overview of the five things that I noticed, and I want to go through those things and explain you how you can improve on these factors. So let's start off with the biggest mistake that I see Airbnb hosts make. And this has to do with the pictures. Now, pictures are very, very important for your listing. And the the reason is that when people search on Airbnb for a potential place to stay, the pictures are the first thing that people will look at. And it used to be the case that in the search results, you could only see the, the first or primary picture of a listing. But now that has changed. In the search results, you can actually go through all the pictures. So the the consequence of that is that a lot of people won't actually click through to your listing, but they will stay on the search result page. And first, they will look at all the pictures. And if, if the pictures aren't good, people most likely won't even check out your listing. And when people don't check out your listing, they can book your listing. So pictures are extremely important. So let's go through a number of things you can do to make sure that your pictures are absolutely awesome. First of all, Airbnb has a service where you can get a free professional photographer to take pictures of your place. You can only do this once. So when you make the appointment to get the photographer to come to your place, make sure your house is ready. And what I mean by ready is you have to make sure that it's your house is tidy, there's enough light, and you you've made the beds and there's not there's not too much stuff lying around. Um, you basically want to create the optimal environment for great pictures to be taken. So tidy, enough light, and make sure the beds are made. This is a mistake that I made. When I got my photographer over, I forgot to make the beds. So when I look at my listing now, I see a bed which hasn't been made, and it doesn't look inviting. Imagine you go on holiday and you check out some hotels, and you look at the room, and the bed's not made. It doesn't look inviting. So make sure you don't make that mistake. 
Another thing you want to make sure is that you upload a picture of every single room. Because people want to know what to expect. People want to know where they're going to stay and what it, lo what it looks like. And if you don't put a picture of every room, then uh, people won't book your place because they, they, people don't like things that are unknown. Um, so especially the, the living room and the bedrooms are, are really important. I, I recently went to Paris and I went through a bunch of listings and some listings don't even have a picture of the bedroom. Now, there's no way that I'm going to book a place if I can't see the bed that I'm going to be sleeping in. Um, so it's, uh, it's, it's great to, to have pictures from multiple angles. Make sure you get every room. You get the, the bathroom, the washroom, uh, the hallway. Just, just get everything in there. And then you can also add pictures of your neighborhood. You don't, you don't have to just put pictures of your house. People also want to know what the neighborhood looks like. So what I suggest you do is walk around your neighborhood and think about what are the cool places. Maybe there's a really cool statue or maybe there's a cool park. Uh, maybe there's a, there's a few really nice restaurants and, um, and take some pictures. And then when you get back, uh, you look at all the pictures you took and you select a couple and upload them to your listing. And if, there, if there's something really cool in your neighborhood, you can even make that the profile picture. Like for example, when I was looking at pictures from listings in Paris, I, I actually ended up booking a place that had uh, the view from the balcony as, as the first picture. And the view was amazing. It, it showed the Eiffel Tower with, with lights and at night and, and it just looked, looked incredible. So I was immediately taken by that picture and I ended up booking the place. So that's another thing you shouldn't forget. If you have a great view, make sure to uh, upload some pictures of the view. Um, you can also get a little bit more creative with, with these pictures. Um, for example, I once got a question from my from a guest, and he asked me if I could uh, send him a floor plan because he wanted to know sort of what uh, how the how the apartment was set up and how, where the rooms were related to each other. So what I did is I just created a a floor plan by just painting it in paint. And I thought, well, if this person wants to know, then there's probably more, more people who want to know. So I added it to my listing. And recently, I have also added a picture of my internet speed. And internet speed is something that's really important to people these days. Everybody has iPhones, iPads, laptops. And instead of saying that you're you have high... Uh, high-speed internet, why not go to speedtest.net where you can easily test the speed of your internet. It only takes a few minutes. Take a screenshot and you upload that to your listing. Alright, let's go on to the next topic which is communication with guests. Now this is something that is really really important and um, we, we talk about this a lot in the book. Good Communicating well with guests is probably half the battle won uh, to, towards a, a great guest experience. 
And the reason is that when you go on a trip, when you go on holiday, half of the fun of, of going is, is looking forward to it. And um, if you... If you uh, if you're looking forward to a trip, you you, you want to know that that it's gonna be that it's gonna be great. And if you as a host are communicating well with your guests, then you can reassure your guests that you're going to take care of them and that their experience is going to be really really good. So how do you communicate with your guests? Well, first of all, you have to be very responsive. So whenever you get a message, make sure you reply quickly. Um, the second thing is provide them with a guidebook. So I, I wrote one about my house and my neighborhood, and almost every single guest mentions the guidebook, either in the review or in a private note to me after they, after they go back home. People really, really appreciate it. And my guidebook is like 20 pages, so I put a lot of information in there. Everything people need to know about my apartment, about my neighborhood, includes pictures and it's just something that people really appreciate also make sure you know when your guests will arrive and how they will arrive you know you can ask this uh, to, to your guests because the more you know about their travel plans the better you can adjust in case there's there's delays now for example let's say their their planes delayed and if you have their flight number you can easily look up on the internet and, and see if your guests are on time um, you want to contact your guests several times pre-arrival. Um, usually what I do is as soon as my guests book, I will send them my guidebook. I will send them a welcome email. And then I check back about maybe a week, a week and a half before they arrive, just to say that everything is still good to go, uh, just to, to ask them if they, if they have any questions. And then um, I usually send another one uh, like a day before before arrival, just to double check that their travel plans haven't changed and that everything's still good. Now, after your guests have arrived, it's important to contact them um, within about 24 hours. And the, the reason that this is really important is, in the end, you want to provide a good guest experience and you want to have a, a great review. So if there's something wrong, if if there's anything that isn't perfect, you can only do something about it if you know about it. And guests aren't always proactive about things, especially if you communicate well with them and they, if you've built a little bit of a relationship. Um, people are typically not going to complain about minor things, but you do want to know about those minor things because you want to make sure that your guests have a perfect stay. So after your guests arrive, send them a message and say, uh, welcome them to, to, your, to your place and let them know that if there's anything that can be improved, that they are free to contact you and, and, and let you know. Specifically ask for that because then there's a much better chance that you'll actually find out if something's not completely perfect. All right, let's go to the next mistake that I see people make. And that is not responding to reviews. Now, as you probably know, uh, when a guest leaves a review, you have the option to respond. And most people only respond to reviews if they are negative. And that's a, that's a big mistake because 
responding to a positive review only takes a few minutes. It shows that you care, and it, it's an opportunity for you to to show that you take your responsibility as a host very serious and that you are on top of things. Now, you don't have to write a lot. If somebody leaves a positive review, you can literally just reply and say, hey, thanks for leaving a review. It was really great hosting you, and I look forward to hosting you again in the future. That's all. Now, if you do happen to get a negative review, uh, then you most definitely want to respond. And here's a few things that you want to keep in mind, because I've seen some really horrific uh, responses by, by hosts. And it doesn't matter who's right. It's something you have to remember. You know, it's, it's your job as a host to provide a, a perfect guest experience. And if, if something's not right, even if it's not your fault, or even if you think it's not a big deal, what matters is that it's a big deal to the guest. So, you know, the guest is king. And whatever the guest complains about, you should always be polite. Um, mention that you will that you take uh, the feedback serious and that you will be making improvements. And never, ever, ever argue with a guest, especially not in the review where people can read it because it just looks really, really, really bad. It's a typical example of, um, I've heard this expression, it's called winning the battle but losing the war. So even if you are right, <clears throat> or you think you're right, uh, even if you win an argument, so to speak, with a guest in your in your review, um, you you're going to lose the war because people are going to see it and they're going to think, okay, this guy is not a good host because he's arguing with his guests. So make sure you don't do that. Moving on to the next topic, and this is about the cancellation policy. Now a lot of hosts use a strict cancellation policy, which means that uh, a guest can't uh, cancel their stay uh, without uh, being charged um, like 50% or even the full amount. And this is not a good thing to do for you as a host because this can keep guests from making inquiries and bookings. Um, and obviously the reason that hosts want to have this policy in place is that they think, well, if somebody's going to cancel last minute, I'm going to lose out on a lot of money because I won't be able to find new guests on a, within a few days' notice. And, and this is an understandable concern. But um, one thing you have to realize is that uh, guests will hardly ever cancel. Now, I, I mean, I've been hosting over over two years and I think I had like one or two cancellations and in both cases I was still able to find another guest. So don't worry too much about, about guest cancelling. What you do need to worry about is if, if you have a strict cancellation policy in place, a lot of guests won't make the booking because they think, well, what if something happens? What if, what if a family member uh, dies or what if uh, there's something with my work and I can't go, or what if you know there, anything could happen? The chance that something will will happen is very small, but people have that worry. So when you have a flexible or moderate cancellation policy in place, guests won't worry about it, and they will are much more likely to book your place. So, 
to summarize, choose either the flexible or the Mollera policy. All right, now we're moving on to the last topic of today, which is pricing. And pricing is one of the most complicated subjects. Now, I'm not going to talk today about how do you calculate your initial price. What I want to talk about today is how do you vary pricing uh, to demand. And this is something that a lot of people don't do. I see a lot of hosts who charge the exact same amount every single day of the year. And the reason why this is a mistake is because you have to adjust your pricing to demand. When demand is high, you can charge a higher price. When demand is low, you want to charge a low price to increase the chance that you will still rent out your place even when there's not a lot of demand. Now, what, here are some factors to take into account when you think about uh, your the variation of demand for your area. First of all, think about weekdays versus weekends. So my place is in Amsterdam. Amsterdam is very popular during the weekends. A lot of people go on a weekend trip. So demand is higher. So my the price I charge for the Friday and Saturday nights are higher than the prices that I charge for a Monday or Tuesday night. The second thing is seasonality. Um, in, in my case, in the winter, it's kind of cold in Amsterdam, and people generally don't like cold weather. So people prefer to visit my city in the summer, or the spring, or even the early fall. So my prices are much higher in July and August when it's summer than in January or February when it's really cold. Third thing is special dates. Christmas, New Year, Easter, uh, those are the obvious examples. But there's there could be many more uh, dates and, and days that um, when there's a special event in your, in your city, for example, there could be a music event, there could be a big conference, there could be a specific national holiday uh, that, uh, that brings in a lot of visitors. These are often... Uh, let's say peak season dates. So on these dates you can really charge a lot more. So how, if you want to find some special dates for your area, what you can do is you just go on Google and you search conferences in whatever city you are, you are in. For example, for me, Amsterdam. So I, I Google conferences in Amsterdam, music festivals in Amsterdam, uh, events in Amsterdam. I go to the website of the biggest uh, conference hall in the city and I check out their events and I look at how many people visit these events. If it's only a few hundred then you probably don't have to ch change your price for it. But if it's 10,000 or 20,000 then you can bet that it's gonna it's gonna you know raise the demand for your place. Especially if, you're, if your house is near uh, a conference center or near a music festival. And the last thing Last minute pricing, it's better to have a little bit of money for your place than to have zero money. And another, so so you really want to lower your price a lot last minute. I usually start uh, lowering my price very aggressively in the last uh, week or even two weeks. 
And it's not just that it's better to have a little bit of money than, than no money, but it's also the more guests you have, the more bookings you get, the more reviews you get, the better your search ranking will be in the Airbnb search results. So even if you break even on a guest, if that person writes you a good review, then you're still going to benefit in the, in the future. So we use last minute pricing really to fill up all the little gaps in our calendar and to make sure we are, we're almost 100% fully booked. Now I wanted to give you a few more tips to finish off um, on how you, can, how you can figure out when demand for your, your area is high and when it's low. One thing you can do is you can go to booking.com, which is a hotel booking site, and you type in the name of your area and you search for uh, hotel availability. Because this is a really good indicator. People who stay in hotels, they could also stay at your, your apartment. Now, the cool thing about booking.com is that they actually will show you the percentage of hotel rooms that are reserved on any particular date. So if you do this search every week for a year and you register the results, then you get a pretty good idea of when people are visiting your, your area and when they're not. And this is also great for special dates because you can, if you see, for example, that there's a conference uh, coming up in a couple of weeks and you put in the dates in, in booking.com and it shows that only 20% of, of hotel rooms are reserved, then, then you know that this conference is not really a big deal. It doesn't attract very many visitors. So that's one tool that you can use. And um, another few tools that you can use, you can check the calendar of, of nearby Airbnb listings and see if if you're, because those are your near, closest competitors. So if, if they are all fully booked, then that means that there is a lot of demand. And if, if people uh, around uh, your, your house, in your neighborhood, if a lot of Airbnb listings, are, if their calendars are completely empty, then you know that's a sign that you might want to lower your price because there's not much demand. Uh, another thing you can do is you can go to the local tourism board and often they will list visitor statistics on their website. And this is especially good to sort of get an idea of the seasonality. If you get visitor stats from January through December, then you can, you can see you know, when, what months um, your, your city is very popular. And last but not least, when you set your pricing and you vary your pricing over the year, you've got to experiment. Because that's the only way eventually to find out what people are willing to pay for your for your listing. So what you can do is, for example, let's say you normally charge $200. Now, what you can do is uh, a few months in advance, you set the price to $250. So for example, right now, it is October. So let's say I already have the next two months more or less fully booked. What I will do is in January, uh, when I normally charge $100, for example, I will set it to $120 for, for one week. And then one week I'll put it at $140, and one week I'll put it at $160. And I'll just, I'll just gonna see if how that affects uh, inquiries and bookings. Now for the next month, I will do the same thing. 
right, for February, March, April. These are months that are far in advance. So you won't get a lot of bookings yet, but you'll, you'll probably get some. And, um, and by varying these prices, you can, uh, you can really get a feel for how much people are willing to pay. And if you set the prices higher far in advance and you don't get any bookings, it's not, it's not a huge deal because you can always lower the prices when you're getting more closer to the check-in date. So don't just uh, don't just set your price uh, to one number and just charge that the whole year. That's the, the most important message of uh, of this topic. Um, you're really really missing out on a lot of money if you if you do that. And to to finish off uh, this this podcast for today, um, I want to mention two services that you can use. Um, to uh, to improve your listing. The first one has to do with the pricing. As I said, this is one of the most complicated things and you can really lose out on a lot of money if you don't do it correct. So if you don't want to do a lot of research and, and go through the hassle of updating your calendar uh, a few times a week, uh, there's a service you can use. It's called Beyond Pricing. And... Um, they will connect to your Airbnb listing and they will set the prices automatically. Now, this is currently only available in the US in most big cities, but it will be available worldwide in, in 2015. And I've, I've talked to the CEO, I've, talked, uh, I've, I've learned about the algorithm and I think it's ex- extremely smart how they've done it. Um, and, and that's why... I will start using it as soon as it's available, and I recommend that uh, that you do as well. It's only nine dollars, so it's a it's a pretty uh, it's a pretty good deal. Um, we have a, a, a special deal in place where you can get the first uh, three months for free. So if you go to getpaidforyourpad.com slash podcast, you will see uh, show notes for this episode, and I'll put in a link that you can use to sign up for Beyond Pricing and get that get those free months for free. So you can check it out, you can try it, and you don't have to pay anything. The second service I wanted to mention has to do with uh, the communication on the Airbnb platform as well as by email. Um, there's a service called Guesty, and I'm, I've been using this for a while now. And what Guesty does, does is it's kind of your personal Airbnb assistant. So they completely take over all the communication that you have with your guests. So you let them know uh, all the templates and all the things that you send to your guests, the information. Uh, you let them know what your policies are. And, and they will do all the communication for you, which is great because that way you are guaranteed to always be very responsive like because they they always reply within one hour and being responsive is one of the most important uh, aspects of, uh, of of getting a lot of bookings because uh, when when somebody is looking to stay in an Airbnb place they often send out messages to multiple hosts sometimes five ten maybe fifteen 
So the people, the hosts who reply first have the highest chance of getting the booking. So responding quickly is really important. And for me, this, this guest service is really, really good because I travel a lot and I'm often in different time zones. So if I get a message uh, when I'm sleeping, then I might I may not respond for you know for five or six or seven hours. Now in that time, uh, my potential guest might have gotten some some responses from other hosts and might have already made the decision to stay somewhere else, which in which case I miss out on the booking. So that's why I, I really like the service. Um, it's uh, they charge three percent of the income that you make on your on your listing, and um, you you can uh, you can go to uh, guesty.com so it's g-u-e-s-t-y dot c-o-m and there you can you can sign up and we have a special deal for you if you use the referral code g-p-f-y-p which is an abbreviation of get paid for your pad then you will not pay anything the first two weeks. So normally you pay 3% whenever you get a booking. If you use the code, you won't pay anything for the first two weeks. So you can try it out, see if you like it, and then make a decision. And I'll put this this uh, this code in the, in the show notes as well, so you can look it up. All right, guys, that's it. Uh, as always, if you have any questions, feel free to send an email to info at getpaidforyourpet.com. Always respond to any emails within 24 hours. And you can also uh, check out uh, all the other resources that are available for you. We have YouTube videos. We have a the sample of our, our book uh, that you can get for free on getpaidforyourpet.com. Uh, we have the audiobook that you can get for free. You can get the book on Amazon. Uh, you can you can get the book, including a number of bonuses, on optimizeyourairbnblisting.com. So there's a lot of ways that you can get uh, more information and learn how to be a better Airbnb host and how to get better results. So check out those resources. And remember, every Monday and Thursday is a new episode. And with that, I am going to sign off and... I'll talk to you next time. Get paid for your pet. Get paid for your pet. Get paid for your pet.